we're going to start sharing our favorite passage today coming from the book of Hebrews. And I'm in verse um, 14 of Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4, beginning at verse 14 through 16. And I'm reading from the NIV. And it reads, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has gone through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet was without sin. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. And I want to look at some cross-references in the NIV translation. The subheading for the verses that I just read were under a subheading saying Jesus, the great high priest. And so we want to look at um, what this means and how this affects us as believers. So if we return to uh, in the same book of Hebrews, let's look at chapter 2. Chapter 2, beginning at verse 17. And uh, this particular uh, verses are coming under a subheading that's entitled, Jesus made like his brothers. And I want to read uh, Hebrews chapter 2. And I want to start, I want to pick up actually at verse 14. At verse 14, and then go down to 18. And it says, Since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity, so that by his death he might destroy him who holds the power of death, that is, the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. For surely it is not angels he helps, but Abraham's descendants. For this reason he had to be made like his brothers in every way in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God and that he might make atonement for the sins of the people because he himself suffered when he was tempted he was able to help those who are being tempted. Now, keeping in mind the high priest, his major duty as high priest would be to, in the Old Testament, go into the Holy of Holies. And he would um, seek the forgiveness, the atonement of the sins of all of the children of Israel. And so he had to go in first and uh, atone for his own sins by way of a blood sacrifice. And then he would go uh, as well afterwards for all of the people, all of the nation of Israel. And so here we have Jesus as being a, um, the priests rather were really a type of what they were foreshadowing, what Jesus would do by way of atoning 
for all of our sins by shedding his own blood. So the blood that would, that would be shed would not be of animals as it was in the Old Testament. But now in the New, Jesus would come and shed his own blood. So let's go back again and read it again. It says, since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity. So he had to come as a man because his brothers, those who had fallen into sin at the very beginning because of Adam and Eve's disobedience to God, he had to come as a man in order to rectify uh, that sin issue. And then it says, so that, he, so that by his death he might destroy him who holds the power of death, that is the devil. So the devil uh, holds the power that death ha- has over those who have not been, um, uh, re- those who have not received, rather, Christ as Lord. And so, in uh, each of us at one time were in that position. We were all in that position. But there are those of us now who have made the decision to accept Christ and to receive Him fully as Lord and Savior. So, we we have been uh, accepted by God because of the shed blood of His Son, and so which has Christ's death and resurrection had power to destroy utterly the power that the enemy had um, at one time through death over man. And so it says uh, in verse 16 of this same chapter 2 of Hebrews 4, Surely it is not angels he helps, but Abraham's descendants. So he's coming to help the descendants of Abraham, who in fact we are. For this reason he had to be made like his brothers. He had to be a man, as I mentioned before. He had to be like his brothers in every way in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest. So Jesus knows the things that we go through. Jesus knows and understands. He has an affinity um, to those things that we experience as humans because he too has experienced those things as well. Um, It says... But to be a faithful high priest in service to God and that he might make atonement for the sins of the people. And then the uh, the last 18th verse says, because he himself suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. So he knows how to help us um, and understands those areas because he was also tempted in, in those areas. But we know that he did not sin. But he was tempted, and so he understands that. Also, um, let's look at Hebrews chapter 3, verse 1. And it says, Therefore, holy brothers who share in the heavenly calling, fix your thoughts on Jesus, the apostle and high priest whom we confess. So, this subheading is saying that Jesus is greater than Moses. And so we know that Moses was um, a very instrumental um, patriarch that God used to free his people from uh, captivity in Egypt. And so it's saying here that um, fix your thoughts on Jesus. Jesus was done more than what even Moses did for us. Jesus has done even much more than that. He has come and he has taken the place of the high priest 
for us, for each of us. And he has gone before God. He has entered the Holy of Holies. And he has sprinkled his, his own blood upon the mercy seat, if you will. And all of these were pictures that were found in the Old Testament of the mercy seat of the Holy of Holies where no one could enter there except the high priest. Now in the New Testament, Christ is the high priest for us. And he has sacrificed, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, him, he's allowed himself to be sacrificed and he has shed his blood for us. And that blood has been offered back to God to cleanse us, to wash us of our sins. And so God is pleased with that. And he has received what Christ did on the cross by being sacrificed and dying for us. Let's look also at Hebrews chapter 6, verse 12. I'm sorry, verse 20. Hebrews 6 and 20. And it says, Where Jesus, who went before us, has entered on our behalf, he has become a high priest forever. And it's referring to uh, a few verses before that, how he has um, entered into the inner sanctuary. And in the Old Testament, that was the Holy of Holies. Uh, but in the New Christ has gone into the throne room of God by way of his death on the cross and has applied his blood, his own body as a sacrifice for us, shedding his own blood and covering all of those who will ever believe in him, who will ever receive him. And so he's done that. That one time was enough. He's done that for us. And so it's up to us now individually to accept or to reject what Christ has done by shedding his blood for each of us. And then one more, I want to look at Hebrews uh, chapter 8 and 1. And it says, the point of what we're saying is this. We do have such a high priest who sat down at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in heaven and who serves in the sanctuary, the true tabernacle, set up by the Lord, not by man. So Christ is interceding even now on our behalf. And so uh, we are very blessed to be in this position because of his grace and because of his mercy. And Hebrews, back to Hebrews um, chapter 4 of our reading, I want to now look at the Amplified of these ver same very verses, um, same verses, and uh, from the Amplified reading translation, beginning at verse 14. And it says, Inasmuch then as we have a great high priest who has already ascended and passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession of faith in him. So we can hold fast. We can be uh, secure in knowing that Jesus is who he says he is. He has done what he has said he's done for us. And we are the benefactors. We are the ones who benefit from him being sacrificed and dying on the cross for us. Not for himself, but for us. 15. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to understand 
and sympathize and have a shared feeling with our weaknesses and infirmities and liability to the assaults of temptation. But one who has been tempted in every respect as we are, yet without sinning. 16. Let us then fearlessly and confidently and boldly draw near to the throne of grace, the throne of God's unmerited favor to us sinners, that we may receive mercy for our failures and find grace to help in good time for every need, appropriate help and well-timed help coming just when we need it. So because of what Christ has done, what he was willing to do, what he accomplished, we can therefore know that he has felt what we feel. He has gone through those things. He understands. And because he did not sin, his sacrifice was sufficient. His sacrifice was a perfect sacrifice and it covers us. And so we can therefore then fearlessly and with boldness and confidence go before God, respectfully, reverently, of course, lovingly as a father uh, should be respected as we go before our Father, our Heavenly Father. We go to Him in respect and humility and, and love, but we can nevertheless go before Him. He wants us to come before Him. And no, we don't. We didn't earn it on our own. We don't merit His favor. We don't merit His His grace nor mercy, but He gives it to us because of what His Son did. And so, we have the help that we need. We have the assurance and the support that we need because of what Christ did for us, has done for us. Now, I want to read um, lastly from the Passion Translation these very same verses. And it says, so then we must cling in faith to all we know to be true. For we have a magnificent king priest, Jesus Christ, the son of God, who rose into the heavenly realm for us. Not for himself, but for us. And he now sympathizes with us in our frailty. He understands very well the weaknesses that we have, the failures that we are prone to. He understands all those things very well. He understands humanity. For as a man, and we understood that he had to come as a man as we read in Hebrews chapter 2. And why? He had to be as his brothers were, in order to rectify, in order to um, clean the slate or to clear the slate because of man's falling uh, from grace by way of Adam. And it says, Our magnificent king priest was tempted in every way just as we are and conquered sin. He conquered it. And the only thing that kept us apart from God since the very beginning when Adam and Eve sinned was that sin, the disobedience of what they were not to do, they did. 
Now, all the other sins that we commit, for if you think of our name, those were pale in comparison to the very first one. And so that was the one that had to be eliminated, that had to be rectified because we had sinned, we had disobeyed God, and the one thing he told us not to do, we did. And so because of our flesh, yes, we commit other sins, but none of those could be forgiven until Christ first had to go to the cross and die for each of us and give us a means, give us a bridge to be able to go to God and ask for forgiveness of the sins that we commit each and every day. So Christ was willing and able to do that, and he did it for us. And then it says, so now we draw near freely and boldly to where grace is enthroned to receive mercy's kiss and discover the grace we urgently need to strengthen us in our time of weakness. And so Christ has done this for us. He has conquered sin. He has conquered that which has kept us apart from the Father all this time. And he has conquered that. And so now we can draw near and freely receive the help, the support, the strength that we need. And when we do fall short with the other things that we can fall short in, and we all know what those may be, what may be mine may be different from yours, or what may be yours might be different from mine in terms of my weaknesses. But now that Christ has bridged the gap through his sacrificial death, now I can go to God and ask God, to forgive me of my shortcomings, my failures, my transgressions, my sins. Because the word tells me that if I will confess my sin, he is faithful and just to forgive me and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. So because of Christ doing what he did, he opened that door, that entrance for us to be able to now I can ask God for forgiveness of the things I commit that are wrong and that break his law um, in my daily life. I can ask him because of Christ to forgive me. And so um, Jesus is our compassionate king priest. And he has done what no other person could do, would do, was capable of doing. He was the one, the only one that could make this bridge and that could correct this, um, this, this area that was so vast and so huge and so insurmountable that we had been apart from God for such a long time because of sin. But Christ came and bridged the gap. He rectified it. He made it right. And we will be ever grateful for what he's done for us. I pray and trust Beloved, that you have enjoyed and have received some comfort and, and some um, greater insight into the Word of God today. And my prayer is that each of us would know how much we're loved, how much the Father has expressed, expressed His love for us through His Son. 
through his son coming, through his son living among us, through his son sharing with us his, his very words of life, and then going to the cross to die for us, to die for our sins that we have uh, wronged him through and by. And I just pray that God will continue to work in us and through us to give us greater insight and more understanding of his word each and every day as we seek him first above all others. God bless you.